in doorless chambers, where strange and frightening sounds echo through the halls. This is the Theme Park Loopy Podcast. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Theme Park Loopy Podcast. And long time no here. This is the first episode in. Oh, we're still in November, aren't we? Just about. Um, we didn't. We haven't been putting out an episode since part one of this episode. But we remembered, and we're back. We're back here with part two. We've had to listen back to the last episode to try and remember what we talked about. But we're pretty confident that we know what we're talking about on this episode. So sit back, have a cup of tea, and relax, and let's go. So, joining us today, we have our Commissioner of Fear, Brett, who is also, um, I think it's fair to say, is an Alton Towers geek. How are you doing, Brett? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Uh, the Commissioner of Fear, was that what we came up with last time? Yep, that's it. So uh, that's your I official like it. title. Yeah, I need to make sure, I need to note that down as my official title from now on. Um, yep. Yeah, how are you doing? You okay? Yep, not too bad. Thank you very much, Brett. Um, we're also joined by actor, TV star... Blogging superstar Samuel Costa Samblog, how are you doing? Hey Ryan, I'm good, thank you. That was a very nice intro. Enjoyed that. <laughs> TV star blogger extraordinaire. I to be you can't. I, I feel guilty now doing the whole Costa Sam blog thing because, um, truthfully, I haven't uploaded anything on the on the blog or on the Instagram for the last literally two months, and it's just because I've been busy. I I don't know when I'm going to get back to it. I will get back to it. Um, but it's just going to have to hold tight um, just for the moment while the year finishes out. Maybe in the new year, pick it back up. Who knows? Pick it back up. But in any in any case, I'm sure that you'll feature in some of our vlogs next year. And uh, we'll be doing plenty of podcasting. So people will get plenty of exposure to, uh, to Costa Sam, I'm sure. Uh, Costa Even... Sam blog will definitely be back <laughs> next year. It's just a case of whether it's going to be like January or February or perhaps a Christmas one. Who knows? I have to have a Christmas special, maybe. Something maybe. like that. Cool. Okay, so like I was saying, uh, one of the topics that we're going to cover today is we covered the don'ts of Scare Maze Etiquette in the last episode. Uh, in this episode, we're going to cover the do's. But before we do that, we've got a couple of topics that we do want to go through. Uh, the first one is about Disney. Disney are in a bit of a precarious position at the moment by the looks of things in terms of parks. Even, uh, over in at Walt Disney World, they're operating at around about a 35% capacity. Um, although looking at the videos, it, it looks quite busy. Epcot looked quite busy the other day, even with 35% capacity, but it is a bit tight there. Over on the other coast, over in California, they're laying off uh, more uh, staff. And in fact, I'm not sure if they're laying off more staff in, in Disney World as well. Um, however, um, it looks like lately uh, they have been opening up at least California Adventure and they've been letting some people in. That seemed to go well. Um, however, no rides are open at the moment, just shops. But I think everyone's kind of happy to 
get back into the park. So what do you guys think about the position that Disney parks are in at the moment? It's a little bit precarious. And obviously we have Disneyland uh, Paris closed up until January, uh, as it stands at the moment, I believe. Um, do we think um, you know there's, there's trouble uh, in the air for Disney or do you think they'll be able to pick things up in the new year? Um, I would 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 think that this is uh, it's a difficult one. So with with them laying off the staff, like the more staff, um, they would only be doing that if it was absolutely necessary. I, I know I've mentioned that when we spoke about it here before on the podcast, um, and I still am, I'm holding my words. Uh, they wouldn't be laying off more staff unnecessarily, um, and just like every other theme park organization around the world this year. Uh, attendance has been so down and revenue has been lost and um, as difficult as it is for the world to get back on its feet I think it is going to take a while for things to get back to normal and I think we can or we should at least expect certain things maybe maybe are going to take longer things that take more money are going to also take longer to come back into practice maybe projects could be potentially a little bit delayed whatever they need to do to get re-operating as normal because I think we can all agree on one thing we would rather have the parks back and operating as wonderfully as they were in 2019 in a normal before COVID hit, um, rather than have a sort of half open, half sort of closed sort of park scenario situation where things just, even if you were to go on a normal day, it wouldn't be the same experience. So I think uh, people just need to remember the, that, that you should weigh up your priorities when when looking at whether future projects are going ahead or um, rather than operating on a normal basis, personally. Yeah, I think the uh, the parks will come back from this. I don't I don't think Disney is in. You know, I don't think we're seeing the end of Disney or anything. But uh, you know, they like Sam said, they they're doing what they think is absolutely necessary at the minute. It is awful that so many people are having to lose their jobs, not just in theme parks or Disney parks, you know, in general. But um, if if it means that in a couple of years' time we're going to see all these Disney parks back as, as we know them, then uh, you've got to do what you've got to do, I guess. And also in uh, Disney News, also who someone who's left um, the the architect and the visionary of Animal Kingdom, uh, Joe Rohde, has left the business. Um, so that's a very uh, sad piece of news. And I think you were saying, Sam, that he's currently got quite a few items on eBay uh, that he's selling off, uh, some quite unique items. Yeah, absolutely. So it was announced by various sort of Disney-specific sources that Joe Rohde was and is going to be uh, doing some sort of garage sale almost where he's selling off um, some of his items that he has collected from his travels and also that has influenced um, his inspirations from the park as well as some park specific items. Um, And he's putting like an auction up. Uh, I'm not 100% sure uh, if or the, the purpose behind him doing that or if he just wants to get rid of some stuff. But anyway, it's good news if you're a collector. Um, and you can find out more the Instagram channel that he is doing it on. I believe is Joe Rody Garage Sale, or it could be just Rody Garage Sale. Um, I I if I, I can find out for you right now, it is. Um, 
uh, come back to me. Come back to me. Someone fill in. <laughs> right. So uh, the worst part of this news, I've well, probably not the worst part of this news, but what kind of disappoints me is it looks like we're never going to get that Yeti fixed on, on Everest. Um, you know, at, at the moment, we've got Disco Yeti. Um and it's just really a static yeti that's kind of um, lit up and kind of flashes at you a little bit. But it's actually meant to be kind of moving. It's meant to be a very kind of scary animatronic. But I think it only lasted, you know, a month or so. Um, but from what from what I understand, it I don't know what, how this happened. But apparently, in order to fix the yeti, they have to literally carve out part of the fascia. Uh, of the mountain and then actually extract it and then and then kind of take it away and fix it so i don't know how we kind of got into this situation but joe rody previously said that it was you know that was one thing that he really wanted to get done so it looks like we're gonna have uh forevermore uh disco yeti i think for at least you know the next five five or ten years so that's a bit disappointing but for um, anyone for anyone listening that doesn't know what disco yeti is uh ryan earlier said that um it just flashes at you can i just confirm that that is a strobe light yeah that's it strobe light i I couldn't i couldn't get strobe light out of my no no i i just wanted to you know i didn't want anyone sat there listening in the bath right now going they do what it's a disney park yeah you're not gonna you're not gonna see a yeti sort of pulling up his tarp or if it was a Christmas Yeti maybe it'd say ho 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 have I got a surprise for you <laughs> <laughs> right. more impressions fantastic um, yeah. Ryan impression show. I mean, <laughs> this is taking a strange turn um, also can I just confirm that it was the Instagram channel is, is Rody Garage Sale that's at R-O-H-D-E Garage Sale on Instagram. Um, and you can find that if you're interested in looking at maybe purchasing something or maybe dropping him a message of support, you know, whatever whatever you guys want to do. So what kind of stuff are we talking about? Talk us through some of those top items. Oh, well, so far it looks like there is a mask from Bali uh, that is representing... Mm. Um, so, uh, uh, a character that's apparently famous in Bangladesh culture and mythology, which is okay. quite interesting. Um, we have um, some artwork that has been inspired by some uh, some of the indigenous masking traditions. Uh, the one that seems to be specifically on sale um, is a mashup of uh, sort of South American influences and Southwest influences of uh, southwest american indian um uh, influences apparently this is just what i'm getting from the instagram um but it all looks very good all kind of um sort of uh, uh, animal kingdom vibes really um, i'm sure some of these uh, have been used throughout the parks i believe actually that's i believe they have um those two items have been used somewhere within the parks uh, but there'll be more items i'm sure on sale um, and worth just having a peek if you're interested. But yeah, Joe Rody Garage Sale is where you're going to find all that goodness because it's it's not very often that you can actually buy like artifact like Disney Park artifacts um, that are out and about. Yeah, and uh, I think Joe Rody is is generally considered one of the most approachable 
um, Imagineers. So I'm sure I probably would appreciate, um, you know, sending him a message. Um, I'd love to go on one of those tours at Disneyland Paris where Tony Baxter, um, I've seen tours that Tony Baxter does where he, um, he sort of takes you down Main Street and talks about the park and then you pick one of the lands and then he takes you into land and sort of gives you some information about, you know, what happened when they kind of planned out the park and everything. So I'd love to do that one day um, if Tony Baxter's doing more of those in the next couple of years. Okay, um, so let's let's talk about something a little bit more positive. So it looks like potentially either next year, well, probably for the next two years, we're looking at Florida being, you know, probably the coaster hub of the world almost with the number of really good looking coasters that they've got lined up. You know, we've already got Iron Guazi uh, ready to go. Uh, we had a POV drop um, a few weeks ago. We have Tron Light Cycle. We have uh, Velocicoaster, which is testing at the moment. Uh, it had its pull through not so long ago, and now it's actually testing. It looks like they're testing it on an evening. We also have the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy uh, Rewind, Cosmic Rewind. That's it. Yes, points to me. Uh, and then what, what else do we we also have a couple oh we have is it Icebreaker over at SeaWorld uh, don't know as much about Icebreaker but looks like a good a good solid coaster so you know what do we think about these uh, rides that are only in Florida what what we're we looking forward to the most do we think the first one you mentioned and I really I'm really eager because I've not heard anyone else's full opinion I've not had a proper conversation about it yet um, from what we've seen of Iron Guazi, do we think it's going to be better than Steel Vengeance? Now, I've not ridden Steel Vengeance. In fact, I've not ridden an RMC at all. Uh, I'd like to think I, I know what a good ride is from a POV. And I'm not sure it's going to top Steel Vengeance. Mm, yeah, it's a good question. I mm, I feel like in terms of it doesn't look as intense as Steel Vengeance, I would say. Um, but I think overall, um, you know, it's, it's, I believe it's taller. I think it is it the tallest one now. Yeah. By uh, like a foot and it's steeper yeah. by a degree. It's literally, mm. or it's the whole point of Iron Guazi was to just beat Steel Vengeance by 1% in everything. Yeah. So it probably won't make much of a difference. I mean, it's hard to say because I've, I've not ridden either, but looking at them, I would say that probably Steel Vengeance are probably more intense. Um, I think what people are saying they prefer the look of Iron Guazi is that actually Iron Guazi tends to do all of its layout in one go, whereas Steel yeah. Vengeance has uh, a very long um, mid-course break run and stuff like that. So I, I do mm. understand that in, in some respects, but I just feel like other than um, there seems to be a lot less airtime than Steel Vengeance overall, and... I think other than that very, very cool uh, inversion bank turn thing, is it, I, I, I don't see anything that's better than what Steel Vengeance is doing. So it'll be interesting the... to see who prefers what when they ride both. Yeah, I think from what I've heard, I think one of the elements that people like about Steel Vengeance is the fact that it's, it's, it's on a reasonably tight... Um, 
footprint in a way, which means that a lot of the track goes through the structure. And so that gives, um, you know, a, a kind of feeling of um, extra speed. Um, and obviously those kind of head chopper elements. And there's a bit of that on Iron Gwazi, but it's a little bit more spread out. So am, am I right by thinking Iron Gwazi is almost the same as Zadra in Energy Inlandia? Similar in, in its, yeah, it's probably more Zadra-esque than it is Steel yeah. Vengeance. Yeah. Um, so, it is kind of a, a greater version of Zadra, but even Zadra seems to do things slightly better in some respect. Um, I, I think, I don't know what it is about, when I saw that POV, I was amazed, obviously it's, it looks incredible, but I just... I don't know why I expected so much better. <laughs> it's it's hard to tell from POV. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm gonna. I'm hoping next year to go over to uh, Holland and get on Untamed um, and see what that's like. But Untamed is more like um, it's more like a baby brother to you know something like Steel Vengeance. Yeah, it's a far smaller um, version, isn't it, of an RMC? But it seems even Untamed seems to do some stuff really, really well. Untamed is really highly rated amongst the coast community, isn't it? People like people go nuts mm. on it. That's definitely on my hit list for next year as well. Yeah. Maybe we should do a a, a joint trip and all go out together and ride Untamed. Yeah, we definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely like to do that. I mean, uh, there's so many parks over there uh, within quite a close um, perimeter. You know, you're talking. It's a little bit awkward because you kind of got to go. Uh, if you go to Amsterdam, then you got to kind of go north up to. Uh, Wallaby, Holland, and then the other parks are in the south, so then you've got to kind of get the train down, but then you're within distance of, you know, Toverland, uh, Bobinjian Land, uh, obviously Efteling, a couple of other places as well, uh, so you could easily do, you know, probably a couple of weeks, <laughs> just kind of head into those parks. I, I reckon um, you hire a car, and, you know, I, I'm saying the three of us jump in a car um, and we uh, and we drive around Europe that's what I'm saying. That that sounds pretty good. I'm I'm happy. I'm happy anyway, with that. You're you're driving then, Sam. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I'll give it a shot. You know, we drive around, <laughs> go to the different parks, drive through Germany, do all the Germany parks, go to go all across Europe, Germany, France, we'll Holland, Belgium. All that. Oh, there you go. 2021 theme park loopy road trip. There you go. <laughs> I'm down. Yeah, on the road. We are on the oh, road. Oh, for God's sake. Oh yeah, it's the only time you'll be able to use that where it makes sense. So, we'll, uh, <laughs> yeah, because is time. the road. <laughs> yeah, because because this year theme park loopy on the road has meant numerous times on the M1 or whatever the road is to Blackpool. Theme park loopy is the road meant literally going to Yorkshire. Well. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Or or going to Alton Towers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> In the local area, pretty much for Ryan. Let's be honest. Yeah, it's it's just kind of sucked a bit on it, really. <laughs> yeah, it's been fun. It's been fun. Still, well, speaking yeah. of um, speaking of coasters, I am incredibly excited about in Florida, Velocicoaster. Now that is something that I would go to Florida for. That that just looks incredible so far from what we've seen of it. Yeah, I I'm slightly see from from what I've seen, it looks like it's going to be pretty pretty swift um however i wonder if it's going to be the, one of those rides where it, it kind of looks like it's going fast but then when you get on it you're like oh this kind of like drags on a bit the um, first half does seem slower than the second however um, it's what 
it just looks so good. I've got a thing for roller coasters that just look good. Um, I I was like, I never actually rode major roller coasters until about two thousand and seven. Mm. Um, before that, I was actually petrified of riding roller coasters, but. I would love going to Blackpool Pleasure Beach as a kid. Okay, I would cry even if my mum went on it. But I would stand there and watch them all day. I've got like such a, like an appreciation for like really good-looking roller coasters. So just I think mm. it's the look of it that's selling it for me. Yeah, I have I have memories of watching my dad and my brother go on Revolution and uh yeah, I think on the way backwards, I think I found that my brother like completely went green. I don't know why, but um, the way my dad tells it is go. It goes well. It it, it went down. And it goes through the loop, and then it went to the end, and then and then it went backwards. And I'm like, well, where did you think it was gonna go? Like, did they think they were just gonna let you off like there and then send? It does it look like they could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, to the untrained eye, maybe. Two stations but at either What would be the point in that? <laughs> It'd be the fastest ride of your life. No, that's the corkscrew. That that's the corkscrew announcement because it used to do, welcome to the cork. Oh, no, it went. It went. This is the corkscrew, the most thrilling ride of your life. The corkscrew. <laughs> do you think they knew that those announcements were going to age? When they made them, I've noticed loads. You know, you've got uh, okay. Nemesis can still kind of get away with it a little bit, but it says all over Nemesis that it's got the world's most intense ride experience. Um, mm. Whilst you've got you've got um, you've got uh, the big one had some pretty outrageous claims on its yeah the, the old well. yeah the, the old Pepsi Max one we used to laugh because actually it, it sounded like they just hired some old man who didn't know what they were talking about like. They they hired this old man and said, "Oh, it's to do. It's an announcement for a roller coaster." Where, all right, I don't know what that is, but okay, just tell me what I'm saying. <laughs> and he and he was like saying stuff like, and he was quite like a fancy gentleman, and he was like, he was like saying things like, "Step on board the tallest roller coaster in all the world," <laughs> and it was like the steepest and fastest in all the world. And it's like, no, it's proper not, though. No, it's not. No, it's, it's like, really not anymore, no. no, no maybe it was in 1994, but maybe playing that in 2011. They, <laughs> I think they've only recently, in the last, yeah, 10 years, changed the audio to not say the world. And even then, I think they still say Europe, which they're still technically incorrect. But, well, they kind of, I think, at one point, I'm sure that they kind of tweaked it to make it sound like it was one of the tallest in the world or something. Uh, so they did they did tweak it a little bit, um, but yeah, no, the the revolution one's pretty fun because it was going prepare for the most thrilling ride of your life. <laughs> but then what's good? But it, but then what 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 sells it is that when you get to the other end, then he goes, now prepare for the most thrilling ride of your life, backwards. <laughs> and then you go, yeah, <laughs> and it was and it was you know there was me going, oh come on, this is just a loop. I remember doing it. And thinking to myself, oh, this is going to be up. This is just so basic. Why are we queuing up this? Oh, my gosh. It took my breath away. I couldn't breathe as I was going over that loop backwards. I was like, whoa. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, my Revolution head. is low-key the most intense attraction in the UK. <laughs> so intense. Yeah. It, felt, it really is. Oh, God. I felt oh my, I had migraine going over that loop. It was unbelievable. And, and also, um, uh, the weird thing is that Pleasure Beach claimed that Icon 
It's the UK's first double launch coaster, but Revolution was clearly the UK's first double launch coaster because it launched. It has two launches because it launches you forward, s- it launches you backwards. They weirdly don't refer to it as a launch, do they? I've always wondered that. No, but it's like a catch car. It's like yeah. that is what literally what a launch is. Yeah, I have always wondered why they've never really referred to to Revolution. Oh, but there's there's been multiple versions of that that roller coaster, and they've never said the word launch. No, but yeah, it, but it is. is. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, 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 it is. Yeah, and actually, it's quite snappy. And if you sit at the back, the launch actually does last for quite you know a reasonable amount of time uh, before you actually drop down. Um, it's a weird feeling going on a launch and then dropping downwards. Because, you know, nine times out of ten, if you're on a launch, you're going up. You're not mm. going down. Mm. So it's a really weird sensation. Well, uh, and it, it's pretty snappy. I'll tell you what, if we if we do end up doing this uh, this Euro trip, which I highly hope you do, um, you guys will have to do Tarin. Because Tarin is absolutely outstanding. That is still my number one coaster, which I know everyone's going to say, oh, so stereotypical. That is still my generally. I've never had my breath taken away not only from intensity, but also, Brett, you're talking about how beautiful coasters and like Taron is f- like just the way it interweaves and with the terrain of the of the of the world it sits in is just phenomenal. And yeah, after that second launch, it really packs a punch. So we must do that if we're going around uh, Europe, because that is worth going to Germany alone to do. Um, yeah, looks incredible. I, I already know it's going to be top of my list. I've not ridden it yet. Uh, I think if if I could get away with saying it's my favourite roller coaster without going on it, then I probably already would have it as my number one. <laughs> <laughs> and rightly so, it is an absolute stunning coaster. Um, I I you know I'm going to be the first to admit it. Uh, I was watching a vlog by a, a very popular vlogger here in the UK, um, and I was watching their vlog on um, on the particular coaster and. Um, after watching their vlog and looking at they turned around to the camera and they said, I don't care where you are right now, book a flight and do it because it is that good. And I don't know what happened. Uh, two years ago or three years ago, I was in such a spontaneous mood. I went, yep, that sold it and went online and bought a flight that evening to go to Germany. Do you do, you do everything he tells you to do? <laughs> I, okay, I've, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Okay, <laughs> okay, Mr. Internet, internet if, man. <laughs> if you say so. No, no. Do, do time, you want to? What? Okay. But that that particular time, that particular time, I don't know why I was because I already I think I just needed the extra push, you know, to book it. Um, yeah. See, that is something I've never, I've actually still never been to a, a theme park abroad. Um, oh, because I've just never made that jump to go right. I just need to book a flight. Yeah, that's that's the hardest thing. It's just getting it booked, you know. And and a lot of the time, it doesn't even work out that expensive. So when you come back, you just think, well, why didn't I just book this like years ago? <laughs> have you have you done Florida yet, Brett? No, no, li- nowhere. That's what I mean. I've oh never been gosh, on a right. roller coaster outside of this country. That's where we need it's, to go. It's then. crazy. It's I know so to... much about all these roller coasters. I could I can reel off facts, and I can do all these ridiculous things. I could see a tiny centimetre wide piece of track and know what it is in the middle of Florida. But Although, I've I think never one, seen any one, of them. One, tr- <laughs> one trip we do need to do, though, is I think we need to see if we can get a cheap flight over to Barcelona and get yourself on Shambhala. Uh, oh, yeah. You're going to have a good time on Shambhala. I've never, uh, I've never done Port Ventura. I'm very keen to do that. 
Yeah, and often you can get a cheap flight over to, and sometimes you can get a flight to Reyes, which is, and you can literally see Shambhala. Uh, you know, when you get off the plane, mm. when you step onto the runway, you can see Shambhala. Oh, that's <laughs> it's so like, cool. It's like, let's get there. Um, but yeah, so so that'd be a good that'd be a good trip as well. So this, so yeah, so maybe if, if we get allowed to play out next year <laughs> at some point, then there's there's lots of trips to be had. I think. Yeah, Although, this this podcast has cost me a lot of money so far already. Yeah, yeah, we've already spent it. Although it, it's highly dependent on whether or not the house that I bought, um, you know, is fine, and um, I can actually turn the garage into a studio. Because actually, I've actually never actually seen inside the garage, and I don't actually know if it's got power or not. So, so that's going to be interesting. And the good thing is that flights um, at the moment are actually really cheap. I found a return ticket on Virgin um, going to Florida. And back for around about 300 quid per person wow. to go to florida and back and then if you were to stay on i drive the hotels in florida generally relatively speaking are super cheap so it doesn't cost a lot if you do it right yeah we could stay at the uh rosen plaza at uh, rosen uh no wait, rosen point orlando is where we'd stay yeah i think that's a great that, that's a great that's a great place that's a great hotel yeah, so I think that's probably mm. it. So if, if you want a cheap do, so yeah, yeah, so there's all these, all these options, and I it's guess. ridiculous because they call that. No, I mean there are wonderful other hotels out there, but that particular hotel they go, you know, it's meant to be like one of the cheaper ones, but they call them so, you know, they sort of market it as this sort of slightly more v- like value experience. But then you get there, and you get inside the room, and it is absolutely humongous. It's the size of like an apartment. And it has all these different compartments and stuff. It's well, it's like room. it's like a motel room, and it you know you get the uh, two two queen beds. Um, you get the little extra bit where there's a microwave and a fridge and stuff, and then you get like a little slidey door where there's the the bathroom. So it's like a kind of motel room, and then you obviously you get like a a desk and a TV with weird weird american furniture it's like baroque like overly large furniture <laughs> I, I don't know why this is in fashion or it's ever been in fashion in america but please stop the weird baroque furniture nobody <laughs> likes it i don't why do you like it are you sure like <laughs> i don't know it makes no sense and that, yeah. that's a good hotel you know they, they have free airport transfers and they have um you know i think they even had some uh, buses going out to the various parks for free so it's really getting an yeah, option th- the only downside, yeah. So from Rosen, uh, well, from all the Rosens and I drive, because uh, there's, there's like four of them, I think. Um, then um, you'll get a free bus to Universal. You would have to get the i trolley to Sea World, but it's like a couple of dollars. Um, <clears throat> but um, in order to go to Disney, um, you would the cheapest option is probably just a use Uber or something. Um, we hired a car last time. But to be honest, it's pointless because you you pay to hire the car, which is how many hundred dollars, and you've got to pay. And I think it's like twenty five dollars a day now to park. Uh, at yeah, Disney. it's very expensive parking at Disney. So to get an to get Lyft or an Uber uh, from iDrive, you're looking you're looking at about fifteen dollars. So to be fair, you might as well just get just get a taxi. Um, yeah. I mean, if you're splitting cheaper. it with other people in your party as well, it never works out that you know that expensive. Well, no, exactly. Um, there, there are there are places on iDrive where they will do so, like the Avanti, um, which is literally next door to the Rosen Point Orlando, does do a shuttle bus to Epcot. Uh, well, to the transportation 
uh, wait a minute. Yeah, to Epcot and the transportation center. Uh, but what that means is obviously if, if your if your t- if your ticket for that day and the place where you want to go is you know for example Hollywood Studios, uh, then you're gonna have to make a bit of a trek over, um, mm-hmm. or you're gonna have to go through Epcot and go through like the International Gate, and then you can walk over. Um, or I suppose now you can get the the Skyliner, so it's probably a little bit easier these days, but. You just got to bear that in mind, you know. Some the the problem is with Florida. A lot of the time, people will say something like, "Oh, well, what we'll do is we'll go to the park in the morning, and then we'll go back to the hotel." But if you're not staying on site, you're absolutely wasting your time going back to the mm-hmm. hotel because it will take you hours to get back back to your hotel. You know, have a rest and then go back. You might as well just stay in the parks or go to a hotel to a restaurant. You know, in in one of the resorts or something. You know, that is you something just, I would to definitely committed. do is I would spend a lot of time, um, I would probably stay off site, but I would definitely go to the other hotels and see, because that's the amazing thing about Disney is, is there is something to see everywhere and everything is everywhere. It's, it's so huge and there's so much to see. I just going to the, the Grand Floridian, for instance, is, there's, is a whole day out just going to a random hotel. So yeah, I would spend lots and lots of time exploring the the entire city that is Disney parks. Yeah, so, well, you can at the very least you can go on the monorail circuit. So you could go to the um, Contemporary, then get off at the Polynesian, and then go to Grand Floridian. And I, and I think the path is open now, so you can actually walk from Grand Grand Floridian, and then you can walk to. Uh, Magic Kingdom from there. I think that path's open now because I've been so there, building it there's, for ages. Um, there's so two tips on that that I can recommend. Um, slash, I'm not sure if you can still do this, but this is what we used to do. If you've been in the park all day um, and you want to go and take a shower, but you don't want to go all the way back to your hotel, or your uh, hotel room, if you're not staying on site, if you're staying on site, you'll be fine. If you're not staying on site, on property, then um, <laughs> you can always go to one of the hotels, pay to use the pool. Don't actually, or go for a swim if you want to go for a swim. Sleep on one of the fake sun lounges they've got there, like one of the plastic sun lounges. Take a nap once your body's cool. Chill there, nap there, or even worse, or even, not even worse, but or even if you don't even want to use the pool, go into the changing room, have a shower, freshen up, and be ready to go again for the afternoon and evening. And that way you're only going, like, if you're an MK and you're going to, I don't know, use one of the pool's on the monorail circuit or something, you ask very nicely and say so you pay a fee, then you can shower up and be fresh for the evening mm. without going. That's a fast. very good idea. That's it. That's a good tip right there. That that's is a top tip. That is really good. That's good insider tip. We used to be able to do it when we were, when I was a, when we were potentially on our college program. But whether we should or not, mm. I don't know. But we would always wingle our way in. Um, yeah, but, but one of the things we're going to Florida is just make sure that you you put in rest days. Don't try and go to the parks every day because you will get ill and you'll get tired and you just won't enjoy it because especially if you go when it's hot and to be fair it's hot almost all the time over there. Well for us it's probably hot all the time. So you know you just need to have these pool days you know 
or go to you know one of the water parks or something people always forget to do that they always they always put like a schedule out and they go right well on monday i'm gonna go to hollywood studios and then on tuesday i'm gonna go to magic kingdom and then on wednesday i'm gonna go to epcot and on thursday i'm gonna go to universal and then friday i'm gonna go to sea world and it's like no you're gonna like be dead on your feet by wednesday it's like just you know try and calm it down and be be realistic about what you're gonna do don't try and do everything Especially, don't try and if 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 you're going for two weeks, it's it's a real struggle to do Disney, Universal, and Sea World and Bush Gardens, which is a lot of people try and do, and what yeah. we stupidly try to do. And I'm telling you now, it's an absolute nightmare. And also because the fact I don't think people realize that Bush Gardens is actually quite a long way away from it's down in Tampa, so you sat on a bus, you know, for uh, almost a couple of hours, you know, down there. Um, it really takes out of you. So book those rest days and be realistic. Are my top mm. tips if you're going to Florida? Definitely, because by the end of it, you'll you'll be exhausted and you'll 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 start to fight with your party because you'll be tired and hungry, and everyone will be like. But you'll feel like you'll have to keep going because you're in Florida and you'll just be absolutely knackered. I remember going to Disney when I was really young and we saw someone pass out. People are that intense. They passed out because of the heat and because they were just going, going, going. And then they had sort of 10 guests swarm them with their little spray fans, spraying them in the face, being like, you know, trying to get them up in a way. But it was, um, yeah, it can it can it can exhaust you like you've never felt exhaustion before. And you won't want to eat because it's too hot and you'll forget to drink and it because you'll drink loads of soda and you'll get more dehydrated. So just rest up, as Ryan says. Definitely, definitely. Right, okay, so we've got about 20 minutes of the episode left. So let's move on to the topic that we were going to talk about. <laughs> so that is uh, the part two of the do's and don'ts of the scare maze etiquettes. And obviously Halloween's gone now. Um, but the you know these are helpful tips for next year. So you know put them in your diary. Um, there, wait, or, wait. Yeah. There was there was a Halloween. Well, <laughs> sort of. We sort of had a Halloween. Yeah, we had a Halloween. Let's let's say we did. Um, but if you're listening to this next year, um, before Halloween, then you know happy days. You know Halloween. Is happy Halloween. Happy, ha- happy Halloween. Uh, <laughs> right. Okay. So we did uh, the don'ts of scare maze etiquette last time so now we're going to do the do's so sam do you want to take us away with uh some of your do's absolutely so i've got a few i've only got a few do's here um but these are sort of taken from some of my experiences working in scare mazes and i'm sure and um, brett you'll be able to definitely um you know comment to some of these as well please do um so the first one is all right, even if you're not scared, because that happens, even if you're not remotely scared by it, but you've still chosen to go through, still enjoy it and smile. Still smile if you're enjoying yourself. Like, even if you're not scared by it, still smile and show your actors a bit of love and appreciation. Is that a fair comment? Yeah, that's a good comment. Like, I, I think the um, a lot of people who don't find something scary generally just don't want to find things scary and then you end up having the the very cliche oh it's not even scary this is it it's a load of uh, <laughs> and you just get that constantly um i think if you go in with that attitude 
there is actually no way you're ever going to enjoy it anyway, even if you don't find it scary. Um, I get scared incredibly easy. I'm quite well known in the scare industry for being one of the easiest people to scare. Um, but I have been through attractions where I've not been scared, but I've still enjoyed the experience. And I, I know lots of people that walk through and will only walk through a scare attraction with me so they can watch me fall to the floor and scream just for their personal entertainment. Um, they don't get scared, but they still come out of the attraction at the end of it going, oh, yeah, it was good that I did this. This was really nice. Oh, I loved how they did that. Oh, it's, yeah, it was good that. And then he got me there. Um, as soon as you go into an attraction with the attitude of, oh, it's not even going to scare me at all, this, you you just won't be scared and you also probably won't have fun. I think the key to this is the fact that um, you need to remember that the scare actors are people. Uh, <laughs> scare actors are and, people too. Yeah, scare actors are people. And so if, you, if you're having a good time, you know, they're going to make an extra effort, you know, to, you know, for example, uh, I'll use this as an example, a certain scare maze at Alton Towers, which involved chainsaws at the end. I feel like with that element, you know, me and Shelley were going through and Shelley were going, ha, and like having a good time and I were having a good time. And I felt like the kind of, you know, you feel like they're kind of making an extra effort, you know, to try and, you know, because I can see you're having a good time. They're having a good time. You know, everything's good. But if you're going through the scare maze looking grumpy going, oh, you're rubbish, oh, and you're rubbish. Well, they're just going to go, bruh, 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 and then probably just walk away because they just think, oh, I can't be bothered with them. Let's move on to the next people. You know, that's my impression anyway. So I would say you're doing yourself, yeah, you're doing yourself a disservice. Uh, you're not going to have a good time if you're not doing that. So Sounds like a good scare maze, that. Uh, what was that scare maze called? I've never heard of it. It sounds rubbish. Yeah, it sounds rubbish. Just, just it? chainsaws, did you say? Oh, that just sounds like a cop-out to me, that. Just, just gonna... chainsaws. <laughs> that yeah, sounds very good to me. That sounds award-winning. That. Hint, hint. Oh, I mean, uh, I mean, if only three scare attractions open that year, I guess it's got to win something, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the the third best scare. Attraction. <laughs> oh dear. No, no, we're only no, joking. Well, I'm sure that attraction was amazing. I actually really wish I I could have seen it. It, it was good. I I did I did leave you some. I, I did leave you some constructive comments, yeah, but overall, did. overall, it was very good. Oh, I got um, you enjoyed it. We worked very hard on it. We had a lot of fun. Yeah, and Brett, yeah. I wish you could seen it because if you saw it, you'd be like, "Oh, this is cool." Well, I hope you'd be like, "This is cool." I mean, like, I, I, I was constantly messaging you throughout all of Halloween. Oh, that's true. Letting you know what I was hearing off people about the attraction, because um, people constantly like come up to me and say this, or I find out something about some some inside something, and uh, yeah, I heard amazing comments about that attraction. We actually had somebody create. Uh, this is no joke. We had somebody create a rap online oh like, i saw like a, it like a, like a like some sort of grime track um about it and we loved we all loved it so much that we um we we went and uh, and actually used it as a rehearsal warm-up tune and i just i always think i mean um i don't know if it's been passed on to the individual that made it but if that individual ever knew that we used it as like a warm-up warm-up track it would be amazing I do, I think I've got him on Facebook or Instagram. I'll see if I can find him for you. 
Um, I have seen him somewhere. That that would be cool. If if he doesn't know that, he needs to know that because uh, I'm sure he'll be really really pleased. We might have to um, have to see if we can get him on the podcast and maybe play the the song. Get get a live, just get a live rendition of it, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Cool. Okay, Sam. More do's. All right. uh, My next one is share your positive thoughts to the team members or to guest service. For example, if you've got um, any like positive um, feedback to give or perhaps, you know, you've got a, a letter or a note that you want to pass on to, if you had a really great experience and you were like, oh, this is really great. Like, um, then then do then do write a little note or a letter, letter and deliver it to guest service. Because nine times out of 10, if you're, if you're to do that, and I'm not just saying this in kind of big establishments, I'm saying this across all, all um, scare attractions if you're to give a letter over um uh, to someone with like saying that you really enjoyed it nine times out of ten that letter will get read out to the entire cast and will really boost their morale um especially because halloween contracts can usually be pretty exhausting because you're working you know in the colds long long hours long days so any kind of positive thoughts um that you kind of uh will, can write down can really boost the morale of the team yeah, that's a really good point. Um, I've always, I, I know every attraction does this, is we, we, re, we read our reviews every single night. You know, we, we stand at the exit and ask, ask our guests uh, what they thought, take back feedback, you know. Um, that positive feedback is what gets us through what is a very, very hard month or longer you know, I mean, these attractions are made over the space of months and months. It's uh, it's there's a lot, a lot of work goes into these things. So yeah, any feedback is is muchly appreciated. And and how nice would it be to know that the the very next opening night, um, you've got your show captain there or whoever's running the event, it walks into uh into the makeup room while everyone's getting ready and be like, oh guys, I've got. I had this uh, handed to me yesterday. Uh, just want to read it out, and then it's just amazing comments about how good it was. Or it can even be like, "Oh yeah, it was really good. We absolutely love it." If you could, you know, drop the chainsaws because we thought they were a bit of a cop out. Um, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> um, the, uh, <laughs> but, awesome. Uh, no, I think you know those, those amazing comments would just that would be enough fuel for those actors to get through the night. Um, and go and then just feel so much more hyped up to 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 get out there and do a good job um also a really good thing and this helps the scare industry also is um on scaretour.co.uk uh scaretour do reviews of scare attractions and all sorts of different things all around the uk and europe and uh on their website you can actually do what they call a you review um you can go on on the website and leave your own review and then they post it up there along with their own official reviews and stuff. Um, Scaretour, when they decide on the Scarecon Awards um, for best scare attractions uh, and stuff like that, they actually read Facebook reviews of the official Facebook pages of the attractions. They read, you know, comments that they saw on their own Facebook page and they read these you reviews and stuff like that. 
and then they get together, they compile all of this information, and then they decide democratically who, you know, deserves a nomination, who deserves, you know, to win the awards and stuff. And it it really does help. I've I've had um, two attractions now where I was nominated for an award, but I actually never had a visit from Scaretor. Um, they were so busy that the, you know maybe they couldn't get down to us or something, and uh, it's been so nice to to be recognised, even though the official reviewers didn't even come to see us because they do take in all this other information they hear. So, um, yeah, you know those those good comments posted online and stuff could be the difference between an attraction winning or not winning an award. So, yep, definitely, yeah. Um... I think I think it's only fair that if you've enjoyed something, then you should give some feedback. I think um, the problem is is that I think people are more willing to give negative feedback than they are to give positive feedback. Um, so I'd probably just try and you know have a think about that. That if if you've got something, you know, if you've got positive thoughts about something, try and make an effort to share that because I think sometimes we're always too tempted to share that negative view, aren't we? And um, I don't, you know, if you've got if you've got some really genuine constructive critic uh, critique, I guess, um, then that's one thing. But yeah, if you've had a positive experience, I think you should definitely definitely leave some feedback. Yeah. Okay, uh, Sam, have we got any more? Yeah. Well, um, I'll I'll, I'll put these. Uh, they're two, but one's more of a minor one. Uh, so, a tip, a top tip that I have is. Um, well, in general, please keep your hands to yourself. Obviously, we mentioned this a lot before. You know, don't go touching or hurting anyone that you're not supposed to, um, which is everyone. Don't go hurting anyone. Um, and one top tip is if you're someone that struggles, like if you get scared and you flinch a lot and that flinch may be like a, a kind of an outward mo- motion with your hands, um, then um, you can sometimes keep your hands clasped together, like in front of you. Um, so that when you get scared, your natural reaction will be squeeze your hands together or perhaps keep keep your hands behind your back um, clasped again. That's just more of a kind of a, a top tip slash keep your hands to yourself also. Um, but my final main one was if you react and you're over the top, we love you. Like we love people with strong <laughs> reactions that are going to give us all the um, all the kind of noises and the shrieking. You'll get far more out of your actors if you react to what we're doing um, because you're giving us that kind of, that affirmation. Is that fair to say, Brett? Yeah, I think, yeah. I, I mean, we, we've all seen those moments where someone's so scared that they're on the floor and they've got four scare actors around them just doing absolutely everything to make sure they, uh, they, they leave crying. Uh, <laughs> and that's because, you know, we, we feed off fear. That's literally our job. Um, if we see someone screaming and in really enjoying themselves, we a hundred percent will spend far more attention on you than than we will, you know, someone who's just walking through and really not that bothered. Um, in fact, I, I've seen actors fully just ignore groups that that do that because they've already seen previous um, parts. That's a, another thing to be aware of. Actually, uh, here's a, a good tip: is that a lot of these scare attractions. Um, the scare actors have nine times out of ten already seen you. Um, or if we haven't seen you, 
the actor in front of us has seen you and told us what you're like. Um, we we know everything that goes on in our attraction. They're designed that way so we can all get around really quickly. Um, we can get multiple scares in multiple places. Um, but it also means we have really good contact between the start and the end of the maze. So if we know, say, there's a dangerous person that is not keeping their hands to themselves, we, we know to be wary of them because it will be passed down the line quite quickly. Um, so, so be aware that, that, you know, if you're a really good group and you're absolutely loving it, likelihood is the guy with the chainsaw at the end knows that. He, he's waiting for you around that corner and he's going to make sure you go sprinting out of that exit and you have the best time of your life. Um, another thing with the, the whole you mentioned before it, the keeping your hands to yourself thing, um, something we used to see loads of. It literally doesn't exist anymore. I, I remember a time where I don't think you could do a, a scare attraction without doing the hands on the shoulders in front of you rule. I don't know if any of you remember doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the conga line. Yeah, thing, the, yeah, the hands on the person. You know, you get into a group of 10 in Alton Towers Scarefest and, oh, put the hands on the person in front of you and on the shoulders. and and It never, it never worked. <laughs> well, th this was the thing is, is it used to be an absolute, you have to do that. It was a, a strange, unwritten rule of scare attractions. Um in fact, I remember seven or eight years ago when I was first doing some of my first attractions, the thought of not putting your hands on the person in front of your shoulders is, was just ridiculous. I, I can't even imagine. And I remember yeah. almost turning my nose up at attractions that would go out of their way of not doing that. And now it's just a it's just a thing. You just don't do it anymore. It, yeah, it's, and... it's funny how, how that, especially even in America, so when it started, when America, because America always used the whole free flow style, but in Europe and certainly in the UK, you're, you're so right, Brett, it was always about hands on your shoulders. Um, and then all of a sudden, in the last two, three years, we started doing more free flow stuff, um, which always increases the risk of people accidentally lashing out or whatever, yeah. you know? I think that was the main purpose was, you know, if your hands are occupied by holding on to someone in front of you, firstly, your group isn't going to get separated as easily. Um, and it also, you know, means your, your hands are occupied um, and not lashing out accidentally. Uh, not that that always happened. Mm, the thing is, is there's, there's, I think the reason why they did it is because they wanted to batch people in groups, didn't they? So they'd have a batch of 10. So you'd probably have a group of 10 waiting at the door. You'd maybe have two groups already in, so one at the beginning, one at the end, and one already leaving, perhaps. But the problem is, what I used to always find at Alton Towers, especially um, with some of them, is that you'd end up meeting the other group that was in there, and you just end up with an even bigger kind of conga line. Um, and the problem sometimes, I don't think it allowed the scare actors enough room uh, sometimes. And what, what happened is the people at the front would get scared, the people at the back would. But if you're in the middle, you'd just be kind of like, you know, nothing really would be happening. But I think there's better ways of doing that. I think if if they use actors in certain ways, you know, you, an actor can kind of block the way going forward if they need to if, if they can see that they're getting close to another group they can kind of stand in front of them and kind of do something get them to stand there for a bit and then you know say the, you know and then say right okay you can go now you know i think there's a means and ways of doing it so 
I'd like to see them do that more rather than you know the conga line, but I'm glad that they've got rid of that now. But that was one of the success stories of this Halloween, I'd say, is the fact that you had to go through only in your own group and and a lot of the time that meant you know like with me and Shelley there were only us two so we're going through a scare maze just us two and I think that added an extra element of you know suspense to the whole experience so I think I think I said in a blog like a few weeks ago I kind of feel like that's something I'd like to continue um if possible so if there's a way to just say oh you want to go through with your group I think that'd be fantastic um I, I do it, think it we may will not see be that. Feasible, so. Yeah, I do think we'll see that next year for sure. Anyway, mm. just as a precaution, um, going through in just your groups. Uh, I mean, when it comes to theme parks and stuff, obviously we've seen reduced capacity this year, um, so stuff like that has been a little bit more doable. Uh, if you've got a, a fifty thousand capacity theme park like Alton Towers. Um, and you're hitting 40,000, doing two people a time through a maze just isn't feasible. You're going to have three hour long lines. Uh, similar with uh, Tully's, Tully's Shot Toberfest down south. Um, they, they actually batch in what I think is absolutely silly numbers. They batch in 30, 30 plus. I, I've, I've seen them. Have you ever seen the. Uh, the videos of um, them trying to get people on the train in Japan, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah. they've got the attendants actually pushing people in to the train." That's what it's like at Tully's to go through a scare attraction. It's madness. They have ten to twenty thousand people there, and and they've got eight attractions that you know that they're all just packed full of people constantly um but it's it the amount it's such a big event it's the only way they can do it now mm. it's a shame really but uh I, I think that was part of the reason why tully's just didn't open this year was because they they just can't feasibly get that many people through um when you're doing smaller batch groups like that so i think we will see more of it especially in theme parks next year and stuff but um as for these massive attractions uh, like Tully's where it's just scare attractions and you've got nothing else to really eat up queue lines, um, I, I am uh, still a little bit worried for next year. Um, but we, we, we shall see. Hopefully, we'll find a way that, that means we, we can get the same amount of people through. Uh, we'll start designing attractions differently. That's, that's how we'll come across. Mm-hmm. This is how we'll, we'll do it. We'll make sure that you know you can go through in groups of two but the attraction specifically designed that way um so it'll take a while to to adjust to it but i'm sure we'll figure it out just like jurassic park life uh, uh, finds a way and uh, so so does halloween halloween will find a way yeah that's it okay so i think that probably brings us uh to the end of the show then so um sam do you have any final thoughts you want to share and do you want to remind everyone where they can find you on the internet yeah sure so uh no major final thoughts really for today um just you know keep the love up um over this closed season for theme parks um if it turns out that next year early next year we are allowed to fly and we are allowed to travel then you know go support theme parks that are open perhaps internationally if you can if you feel safe enough to do so um 
and otherwise um, it will be hopefully a very exciting UK theme park season when it starts up again in March. Um, there are a variety of Christmas stuff happening as well um, over the over the season and again although they're not strictly kind of theme parks they are still um, themed immersive attractions happening over the country so if you feel inclined please support those. Um, Otherwise, you can find me at Coaster Sam Blog on Instagram. Like I said, nothing major has happened really recently over the Instagram or on our blog page itself. But hopefully I'm going to be putting bits up through Christmas and definitely in the new year, I'll kick it off all over again. It's just taken me a bit of a while with everything happening over the winter season so far. But yeah, thank you very much for having me again, Ryan, and see you no. all soon. No probs, but just to correct you there, um, the theme park season starts on February the 6th, so, you know, not oh, too long to wait. Does it? Yeah, Where, where's right. that? Is that Blackpool or? Yes, that's yeah, it's always Blackpool, Blackpool, isn't it? Year, yeah, so. they always... Oh, is it? That's getting early and early every year then. Oh, amazing. February the yeah, 6th. They've, yeah, they've, they've gone early, uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Um, Brett, any, any final thoughts and tell people where to find you? Uh, yeah, you you can find me through all the usual stuff. Uh, my scare attraction stuff is uh, through a company called Fear and Sons uh, Immersive Horror Consulting. Uh, we have got something currently in the plans, uh, which Sam may also or may not be involved in, but we'll we'll discuss that another time when we've uh, got a little bit more information about that. Uh-huh. So very exciting. <laughs> it is. It's very 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 exciting so far. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, for final thoughts, uh, everyone stay safe. Um, I have just had and just gotten over uh, COVID myself. Uh, and uh, it's not great having to stay in, but uh, everyone stay safe out there. You know, it, it's a real thing. And um, we all need to to do our part, really, to just make sure that we, we can go to theme parks again and we can fly wherever we want again. Because un- until we're all sticking to these rules, you know, uh, an issue I saw recently, um, the Alton Towers gardens have reopened and uh, the, the, all the comments about it were, can't wait to book five different sets of tickets for, for 12 of my friends to come. And they're from tier three places all over the country that they shouldn't be travelling. And, and, and it's, it's a shame because I feel like we've lived with this for so long now that it, it almost seems invisible. Uh, mm-hmm. just you know if, if you can not go somewhere for now and it means that you can definitely go wherever you want next year please do so stay safe out there guys yeah and I definitely echo that because I mean the illuminations in Blackpool start again um, on Wednesday um, and we've just we're, we'll be moving to our new house which is very very close to the border of Lancashire so it's very very Ooh. tempting to be able to head over <laughs> to Blackpool to see the illuminations but you know we're gonna we're gonna be good and stick by the rules and uh, I think end of the day if you stick to the rules I think we're more likely to come out of this more quickly uh, so <laughs> for the sake of everyone stick to the rules and uh, stay safe so um, in terms of finding theme park loopy just find us on Facebook or on YouTube or on Instagram, we do post things on Instagram intermittently, uh, so find us on there. Probably going to be going a little bit quiet now um, until the new year, uh, but I feel like uh, we do need to do a Christmas-themed podcast at some point, so maybe in a couple of weeks, maybe uh, Sam and Brett will 
come back. I can tempt them. I've still not sent them sweets in the post, uh, so I need to do that. Um, just to reassure you, the way that we record these podcasts is that uh, Sam's down in London and Brett's in Wales, and we do it remotely, so we're not. <laughs> sat in a room together so that's all good just in case you you wondered but anyway so thanks for joining us thanks again for listening uh do consider leaving us a review or subscribing to wherever you're listening to us so thanks again and we'll see you again real soon